Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Oh, six, 36 degrees outside. It's gloomy. It's raining. It's raining. But a beautiful sunrise. Yeah. <laughs> Kylan texts me this morning. <laughs> she goes, how's your sunrise? And ours was pretty good too, Kai. Beautiful pictures that Kylan takes. She took a picture of a sun dog the other day, which we've been seeing oh. a lot of, which are just the ice crystals. That's the halo around the moon that you might see. They're moon dogs. And that happens every once in a while in this cold, as the cold temperatures move in. So anyway, I hope you're having a fantastic Thanksgiving holiday weekend. This is the last day of that for so many of us. Terry Stacy is my name, along with Denny Smith. Good morning, Terry Lynn. He's got on his 2023 Move Your Feet So Others Can Eat Drumstick Dash <laughs> shirt on. Did you do it? Uh, we did the virtual. We It was Smith giving 2023. Jane sets it up and the whole fam damily gets together. And we, you know, I think the that's nice, awesome. The thing about, about virtual is that you can set whatever distance you want and, I, and we did so 500 feet no we went uh, i think we went three miles that's you know. great it's awesome i think we went through good miles. for you yeah helping others as so many did on thanksgiving day kylan tally is here good morning you can find all of those pictures especially that sunrise one at the first day facebook page go give us a like and follow and interact we want to get to our first guest right now because i can't wait i'm chomping at the bit because we are happy to welcome back to WIBC filmmaker and composer and founder director at Blackbird Productions and Car- he's from Carmel. Ashton Gleckman is here. Hello, Ashton. Hello, Terry. How are you guys? <laughs> We're all doing great. great. Even better now. Yeah, we really are. Lovely. It's such I'm a so gloomy happy. day. Yeah. yeah, we wanted to <laughs> it, hear it your is voice. A, it is a gloomy day, but it's always lovely to be here with uh, you. I think you make everyone's day a little brighter. <laughs> he's the best. Is he not the... He's a, Denny, he's 23 years old. He's a native son, and when they come home, it's always wonderful. You know what? I don't. <laughs> we're going to talk about coming home, but did you have a good Thanksgiving here with family? I did. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely relaxing and a great pause after the the crazy experience of releasing the show and and doing all the press and um, finally just having a little bit of time to relax was was very welcome. I'm glad. I'm so glad. Ashton's eight part docuseries that aired uh, for three nights on the History Channel. Was it three nights? Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Was it three? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It was three. Yeah. And then it played actually all day on the anniversary of the assassination on Wednesday as well. This series was is titled Kennedy, and I truly wanted to reach out to you just to tell you it was just so good, and also to congratulate you because Kennedy was number one on the documentary charts on iTunes, I think last Thursday. I mean, personally, how, how has it been received? How's life going? Well, the... I have been absolutely amazed and sort of surprised. I've been following all the reactions online, and as people were watching it, um, they were tweeting about it and the reactions to it. And the thing that I was just so heartwarmed at is, like, they were responding to the things I really hoped that they would respond to and that they were getting something new from it, something a little bit fresh from it, um, commenting on the footage a little bit and on some of the stories that I really tried to bring out about him 
personally and about his character and everything else. And also like the the rise of this guy that not a lot of people yeah. knew about. They knew about the presidency, but there were so many of these little details that I tried to unearth with it. It was I, I really mean it. I learned so much because there were so many details in there that I had not heard. You know, I knew he was ill uh, that part of his life, but I did mm-hmm. not know how early uh, his pain began. And it was really when he was, I mean, very young. You really brought all of that out. That's right. And I think that the pain that he experienced from a very, very early age, being this very skinny, scrawny kid, he was always in the infirmary or in the hospital. And he sort of turned all of his attention to reading and to books and to history. That was like sort of his escape in a way. And I think that really informed the rest of his life. You see that in the show about how this love of history informs his his passion for traveling the world and eventually for getting involved in government and politics. So it really all is connected. Ashton, I grew up in the 50s and 60s. I'm the old guy in the room. And what I remember about President Kennedy, he was, he was the first young guy. Uh, it, yeah. When we think about our leaders, they were always gray hair. They were kind of portly at times. They were just old men. And it was so in, it was so much fun to see a young guy in our own. And it, he would, granted, he was in his late 30s, early 40s, but he right. was a young guy. That was pretty cool. And you brought that out. Yeah, I think he was this like very new figure. I think one of the interviewees I spoke to described it as almost like the Wizard of Oz when you go from, you know, the, the sort of sepia tones and then she goes through that door and now you're all of a sudden you're in Oz and it's all in color. It felt very much so like oh, that. Yeah. And in fact, the first episode of the presidency is episode five. And by the time you get to episode eight, most of the footage is all in color. So you're really in this period where color is now coming onto people's televisions and people are starting to see color just a little bit more than than they used to. You started this Kennedy production in 2020 during COVID and then have been working on it ever since to then have it released this year. You did it through some tumultuous times of the world. What is some inspiration that you gained from looking into Kennedy's life and how it relates to the world we're in right now? I think the biggest thing for me that I was really amazed by was the fact that this one individual happened to do so much in his life. He lived a relatively short life, 46 years. But when you look at all of the things he was able to sort of do and see and accomplish in those years, I was just stunned by it. And I spoke to so many different historians and politicians that literally went into government because of Kennedy. I spoke to, you know, various people who see Kennedy through different lenses, but in a way, he informed this whole generation of people that grew up at that time. And of course, we lost him so early on and in such a really tragic way. So all of us still to this day think about what would have happened had he lived, what would have happened had these, you know, more hopeful years continued, you know? So that was the biggest thing is is just looking at this period where there was the sense of hope. And then of course, we, we have to go into some pretty rough times right after that, of course, as we all know. It is 11-12. I want to ask you, first of all, I want to check and make sure. Can we keep you? we got to take a break here, just a couple of yeah. sec- minutes here, but I want to see if we can keep you for a minute. Can we do that? Absolutely. I'd be happy to. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to ask this last question before we take the break. After the success of Kennedy, does the History Channel then say to you, hey, let's do something else? Hey, you're pretty cool. <laughs> let's do another are they, one. Are they? I mean, well, they must be thrilled. 
It, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I think, um, you know, when, when you do projects like this and you, you know, I was very lucky to be able to work with history and the fact that they wanted to be involved in the project. And I was very eager to partner with them. It's cool because all of a sudden, um, you know, you just make new friends. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like uh, you know, you make new contacts and new friends. And of course, that opens up doors for the future and opens up new doors for new stories to be told. So, I think that's one of the one of the pros. That's good. Good. Bravo. Good. Are there Bravo. any other next steps for this Kennedy docu series, or else is it just on History's channel and you can just find it there? Yes. Yeah, so basically, it's still airing on History. They'll keep airing it, but it's also available on video on demand platforms like iTunes and Amazon and wherever you can basically stream your favorite TV shows and movies. And also, I believe the team at History is working on securing a streaming release for the show. Uh, on a streaming platform. So that will, of course, be sometime in the future. But my goal is to try to get as many people as possible to be able to watch it from all ages. Um, so that's really the key, I think, is, is expanding into streaming platforms as well. Okay, this is Ashton Gluckman, and we're going to take a break, but you should all know, too, that he's a composer, and he directed the film, he wore a lot of hats, but he also composed the music. And we're going to talk about that when we come back. You're listening to The First Day on 93 WIBC. is 1118. And this is the first day show on 93 WIBC. Terry Stacy, Denny Smith, also Kylan Talley here. And we've been talking to Ashton Gluckman. He's a filmmaker, uh, founder of Blackbird Pictures based right here in central Indiana, director of Kennedy. And I would be, uh, I, I should also mention to you that um, I met Ashton when he did the award-winning documentary Holocaust film called We Shall Not Die Now and he's also produced and directed and filmed The Hills I Call Home. So he's got he's got some experience under his belt now that he's created the History Channel presenting Kennedy, the eight-part docuseries that chronicled the life, the legacy, and leadership of John Kennedy. Ashton is still with us and Ashton, oh my gosh, when you were off when we took that break we just started going on and on and on about the Kennedy docuseries, you know, like Conan oh. O'Brien. He was one of the experts. Peter Coyote. Yeah, uh, just yeah. amazing. But this music that you all were hearing right now, Ashton also composed this music. And when did your composing days begin? How old were you then? You're so young now. So, yeah, I started actually writing music for film, like, you know, orchestral music and writing to picture when I was 14. So I was oh, basically, my. I think, either just, starting high school or before I started high school. Oh but as soon as you start writing music to film, to, to footage and to, to character and story, there's no going back. It's like uh, you just get that hook. And, you know, basically I'm sitting there in my studio and I'm looking at the scene without any music on. And basically you have to think to yourself what kind of colors, what kind of instrumentation and themes can work to help tell the story, you know? Oh my wow. gosh. In general, when does a composer begin to work on a film? Because you directed the film, you wore yeah. a lot of hats. So when does your brain start composing the music? Well, it's interesting. I actually, you know, with my two other composers, I wrote the music basically halfway through post-production. So basically we had this rough cut of, of the series done and we scored the entire show that way. And so we wrote over 10 hours of music. And then as the editing continued, we had this incredible like sort of a library of music to work with. 
And um, so we had way more music than was even included in the show or released. But that way we could really dial in to make sure that every piece that we were including really fit the show and was the best for, you know, for each scene. Um, so, and there were, there were also cases, by the way, where literally we were delivering the final episodes and I was in the studio the day before making tweaks to the music oh because I was so, I, love that. I just wanted the music to be just right. Oh. Ashton, this is Denny Smith. One of the things about composing is you've got horns and F, you've got flutes and C, mm-hmm. clarinets and, and trumpets in B flat. How did, mm-hmm. did you have the experience for that? Or did you let software do all that composing? How did you handle that, man? That's tough. So I I, bas- I come from the Hans Zimmer school of composing, which is you write completely in a computer with virtual instruments. You basically oh, cool. have a keyboard. You wow. have a keyboard in front of you that has every instrument available, and you're basically programming an entire orchestra. So it's almost like a synthesizer, but you're using real orchestra sound. But you didn't have recorded. to transpose anything in your head. You let the computer. Do- that is really it's cool. It's so cool. Exactly. The voicing yeah. was terrific. Yeah. You've created opportunities for yourself to get experiences like this, like your YouTube channel, Behind the Score, with that series. You can find him on YouTube, Ashton Gleckman, a lot of great different videos. Can you talk about that composing process and then also your production with other composers? Because on your Spotify, some of your listings say that it's with another artist composing, but then the suite is listed by being by you. Can you explain that? Yeah, well, one of the things is I really try at the beginning of the project to try to find the sound of the show. So for Kennedy, for example, I wrote a lot of music before I had even shot stuff. Basically, they're called suites of music. And they're really just inspired by the tone of the show, by the character. And so I was thinking about who JFK was and about what his personality was like. And I wrote this thing called Jack's Theme. And, you know, me and the two other composers then took that theme and started expanding it. But that was the first thing that I ended up composing. And it's interesting, that's the last thing you hear in the show as well. It's the first time you hear it is in episode one, and the last time is in episode eight. So that Jack's theme carries through. But the composing process, it's very, very intricate because, you know, you have endless possibilities, and you have to build an entire orchestra, and you have to think about how the music is serving what you're seeing on screen. And um, so the last thing that you want to do is just score things literally. You want to try to capture that emotion and the subtext of the scene to try to get underneath the scene in a Ashton, way. Only a few people and if you in the big scheme of things can do what you're doing. I got to say, ahead, Ashton, do you know who you remind me of? You remind me of Leonard Bernstein when he was oh descri- when he was describing West Side Story, how he would come up with this. He wanted to translate this emotion that yeah. he had, but he wrote the music yeah. before he did the before he did the screenplay. So you, exactly. you, we've yeah. got a real live Leonard Bernstein right here from oh Hamilton County. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, Leonard Bernstein is a hero of mine. So that's well, good. A lot. <laughs> good. Do you have yeah. any inspirations, Ashton, when you were growing up and thinking of becoming a composer? Mm. Well, all of the great film composers, I just listen to constantly. And I think, you know, everyone from John Williams, for example, who is this legendary titan in, in the film scoring world, all the way through to composers like Harry Gregson Williams, who did the music for the Narnia films. And that was really the first score that I remember seeing what was possible with how, you know, you can include choirs and big orchestras and all these different sounds. And Hans Zimmer, of course, was a very big um, inspiration because of his music for Interstellar, which really blew my mind at the age of 14. Mm -hmm. So I think every composer, in a way, gives you a different sense of inspiration, and you take little techniques from each of them. 
And that's what I've been able to do with my YouTube channel is break down each composer's process and style and try to infuse some of those techniques into into my own work as well. This is Ashton Gleckman. We have just a few more minutes with you, Ashton. I just want to, Kylan was telling me that, you know, you, you were, you're obviously, as we said, grew up here in central Indiana in Hamilton County, and mm-hmm. then you went off to California for a while, but you came yeah. back and, uh, yeah. you know, some, oftentimes you don't come back, but you did. And is mm-hmm. there any particular reason why, is it just because this is home? You know what? There is nothing more fantastic than being able to wake up in my house. And basically I work in in my house. I mean, the entire show that you see on the History Channel, the music was written in my studio in my basement. The show was entire, for the most part, cut upstairs in my editing suite where I have my computers and all my hard drives and a library of books. So basically, you know, you can work from anywhere. You can, you can, you know, shoot all the footage, but then take it to a shack in Antarctica and edit the entire film there. So being able to work from, from Indianapolis or from Carmel specifically is really a pleasure because, you know, you get to just, you know, go on breaks on weekends and hike in the woods and then hang out at home and then you could go into the studio and work. So it's really fantastic being able to do that, you know? It is fantastic because I I think it's keeping you very grounded because you're brilliant. <laughs> you know your your brain could take off in a million in a second, but you know what? You just this is why I love having you on the show is because you're just still so down to earth and grounded, mm-hmm. and you know we hear it in your heart. Go ahead, Kyle. You're down to earth. You're inspirational for everyone who's trying to accomplish their dreams. What would be one of the sentences that you live by? Mm. I would just say that curiosity is really the thing that that I love most in terms of I, I'm so curious about the world. And I think that that informs everything that I do. I mean, Kennedy all started because I, you know, this guy JFK is such this, you know, iconic figure. But I thought to myself, I was just endlessly curious about where this guy came from and what he wanted to do. And so I think that every single story um, in film or in music that I that I go by, it's all based on a sense of curiosity about what what is out there in a way. So there's sort of a mystery about the world. And I think that film and music are sort of my way of trying to interpret those mysteries in a way. And Kennedy was just the latest one, but there's many stories yet to be told, I think. Ashton, your journey is amazing right now, and it has so much more to go. And so you have a next project already on deck. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, the entire film is already shot, believe it or not. Um, So basically, it's called Agent Number 9, and it is the full-life story of Agent Clint Hill. He was the um, legendary Secret Service agent who was with five U.S. presidents from Eisenhower to Ford and was also happened to be Jackie Kennedy's head Secret Service agent. Wow. And he was the agent on the back of the limo in Dallas when Kennedy was assassinated and uh, faced PTSD and trauma for many, many years and finally is, is telling his full story in a documentary. And they asked me to, uh, to make the film, and a producer called me, and I instantly wanted to be involved because this guy is is definitely one of the sort of American history heroes that we still have alive today. Wow. Ashton, there are three people in this studio that have big smiles on their face. And I have to tell you that people listening to this in their cars and maybe they're at home, they're post-Thanksgiving, you brought a lot of smiles to all of us just because you're the real deal, son. You're, um, oh thanks my. for being a regular human being. <laughs> well, it's thank you guys so much for for that kind those kind words, and um, I'm just endlessly grateful that I get the chance to share this show with people after three years of working on it in my uh, in my house. So thank you for watching it. Thank you very much. 
Canada. It's called Kennedy. It's an, an eight-part docu-series that uh, began last week, and it, it, it's in it's, it's done. Well, I don't think we can see it unless they, they bring it back, and they may. So keep checking it out. Ashton, we'll keep following you, too, and, and make people aware the next time we know it's available. And uh, you're awesome. Thanks for spending time with us on your Sunday, my friend. We'll talk again soon. Thank you so much, Terry, and everyone there. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Tell your family we said hello. It is 1130. You're listening to The First Day on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.